Good afternoon. It's 4 p.m. Eastern. Welcome. I'm Lee Smith, and this is The Lee Smith Show. Uh, Today, we're featuring two great guests, friends, colleagues, David Reboy um, and Hans Manka. Um, Now, both of them are going to be bringing some specialized uh, wisdom and knowledge to this very peculiar subject. In a second, I'm actually going to ask them to explain what the story is here, what appears to be going on, because as many of you uh, may have seen earlier in the week, um, former retired Marine General John Allen was charged uh, with uh, with a, lo- a lobbying violation, FARA violation. Um, Hans knows a great deal about this, having, having followed a lot of these uh, same sorts of escapades, the DOJ and FBI was... Uh, uh, employing against the Trump administration. So I think he's going to be able to explain some of that. And also, I think he'll be able to uh, explain exactly what's happening here after a careful read of the of the court documents. Dave Reboy, uh, Dave has written more on Qatar than I believe anyone else. And Dave understands the kind of influence that the tiny, albeit powerful, and I think still the number one producer of natural gas in the world, uh, how much influence and how much negative influence they push around Washington. So um, Dave and Hans, welcome. Thank you very much. If you guys would like to uh, turn your mics on and say hi. Hey, thanks, Lee. It's a pleasure to uh... It's a pleasure to be here, and um, and thank you for talking about this important topic. Um, I think that it floated around a little bit on the internet, but mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of folks have spent um, enough time unpacking it, and uh, I'm looking yeah. forward to uh, to doing that. Great. Well, I mean, you are, you are one of the key guys to do it. Again, given how much how much you've written about Qatar and how much you know about it. Hans, I see your microphone is unmuted. So if you'd like to introduce yourself and say hi, and thanks for being here. Well, thank you, Lee, for hosting this show. Um, Hi, everyone. I think um, this story, I mean, as as David just said, has not really been out there much. Um, The New York Times ran a story about it a few days ago. Uh, We'll get into the details. There was a kind of an accidentally uploaded um, affidavit, and we'll get into all that. But they ran a story, but they left out, as they usually do, they left out all the important parts. Huh. I think this is probably the most important story of the whole year. If you look really? at it, I do. And if you look at the wow. overall impact, what it tells us about DC, the people involved, the, you know, everything. There's so much to unpack here. Uh, I'm a bit surprised it hasn't sort of uh, been bigger in the news, but maybe it's just one of those stories that has to kind of brew for a while. And well, we're going to talk about. Wow, it. I, I have to say, I'm still catching my breath here, Hans, after what you said, because look, you you are one of the top uh, reporters and analysts of the RussiaGate stuff. Uh, how this was employed against uh, former President Donald Trump, his aides, and and supporters as well. And you've also done stupendous reporting on COVID. And for you to say that you think this is the biggest story of the year uh well uh, okay you, you you got me hooked now i'm now i'm paying full attention so if you guys uh, I, I don't know let's let's figure out how to break it up but explain what's going on david you you, you want to give it a shot and and by the way guys w- w- let's keep it conversational if we're missing something 
uh, if one of you wants to add something, no, no reason to raise your hands. We'll we'll just be polite. And uh, but please feel free to to, to break in and um, elaborate or explain. So David, if, if you'd like to give it a shot. We're having a little trouble hearing you with the reception right now. Hello, is this better? Yeah. How yep. is this? Now we got it's just now. better. Okay, okay great. Yeah. Um, uh, just to start with the just to start with um, with the story as we understand it right now, or at least how we came to mm-hmm. know any of this. And um, I mean, as as Hans uh, just kind of teased out, it was a, a, an accidentally uploaded um, uh, uh, warrant. Um, uh, warrant in, in order to search the electronic communications of of you know uh, for retired General John Allen, who was the president of uh, of, of Brookings. Um, and right. I don't I don't know. I mean, it, I, I think it's it's obvious from from both the court documents that I've read that this is an outgrowth of um, of another case, another influence mm-hmm. peddling case that. Um, that the the DOJ pursued actually during the Trump administration, and um, mm-hmm. and uh, well, you're 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 coming in and out again. Oh, shit. Hello. Yeah. Right, I'm now gonna, now I'm, we're I'm okay. gonna try just, this. Uh, just okay. Okay. Sure. So um so there was a um um there was a guy um whose name is uh, Zuberi. And um, mm-hmm. Zuberi, Imad was, Zuberi, I believe. Imad yeah. Zuberi, right? So he basically he was he was uh, I guess a venture capitalist in in one part of his life, but uh, but he uh, he attracted attention the um, he attracted attention for basically raising money overseas, um, using that money to dump um, donations into uh, the coffee trade on that on that um, as as a as a favorite on that influence. Dave, we're having the same issues. It's you're going in and out again. Sure. If, if you could walk it back about five seconds, we'll we'll be able to catch okay. up with you. Okay, um, I'm sorry. Yeah. So, sorry about that. So, uh, so this so this guy Zuberi was um, was taking money from overseas. He was donating mm-hmm. it to politicians, and then he was. Um, you know, uh, pushing the politicians to do things that his donors um, <laughs> that his donors wanted done. I mean, it's mm. a you know, it's a, a tale as old as time. But right. this is this is a guy that got caught, and uh, mm. and evidently he was hired by Qatar during mm-hmm. the um, during the diplomatic crisis of um, of the summer of 2017, which we we right. we can and should get into. Um, yeah, and. and uh, but um, so so he went and he reached out to Obama's former ambassador to the UAE and to Pakistan, a guy named uh-huh. Olson, who was a right. Olson was a career diplomat and who had kind of risen to the top of the the, the, the chain of, of, of diplomats uh, under Barack Obama. Um, and then he he uh, this guy Olson recruited General Allen, who had also risen um, you know, not in the diplomatic corps, but hmm. in the military, to the to the very pinnacle of sort of um, Democrat Obama world right. when it came to uh, foreign policy and national security, and um, you know, so so the DOJ uh, prosecuted uh, this guy Zuberi, 
And mm -hmm. I think it's obvious that uh, that what they found was they found Alan, they found Olson, they found a whole mm -hmm. bunch of other people, probably, you know, many scores more, yeah. um, you know, who are who are taking money from abroad. And mm -hmm. um, and I think the fact that this was uploaded, quote unquote, by accident mm -hmm. um, without any statement. I mean, as far as today, I didn't look today, but as of uh, as of yesterday, there was no statement from the uh, from the, the Department of Justice or the FBI mm -hmm. on any of this. Um, I think it's my feeling that someone who was working the case at FBI or DOJ was afraid that it was going to be brushed under the rug. Mm -hmm. And threw this out there as like just here's a here's a marker. Even if they're mm. not going to uh, to prosecute the guy, here's mm. enough of a marker just to show that like we did something and that you know this guy is bad news. Interesting. Thanks, David. Um, Hans, you wanna you wanna pick it up from there and and uh, mm. say what's wh what you think is going on and what you think is is particularly noteworthy. I mean. Maybe we should start with why it's the big, why you think it's the biggest story of the year. One of, and then, one of the, and then let's get into some details. Okay. Right. Yeah. No, no. One of the biggest stories of the year. Okay. And, right. uh, you know, clearly the Ukraine uh, one is the situation is the biggest one, but this one sort of ties in, in terms of not directly, but in terms of what's going on at Washington DC. I think, I think it gives us a clearer insight into all that corruption and not only the corruption, but how completely kind of matter of course the corruption is. It's completely natural when you look at, um, right. you know, what, what happened here with these guys and who these guys are. I mean, as David said, so you had this, um, uh, there was a, a corrupt um, grouping of uh, this guy Zuberi, this other guy called Olson, the one uh, David talked about. And he was one of the top diplomats of the country. Um, and this guy, Allen, who was the president of or is the president of the Brookings Institution, and he's also a retired four star Marine general. Right. So you had these three guys and they were colluding in a, in a completely blatant way, working against American interests, cashing in mm. and doing it all very openly. I mean, they were just emailing around and, and just spelling out what they were going to do. It, it's so brazen. That, you know, it just gives you, I, I thought, yeah, you know me, Lee, I, you know, yeah. I think Washington, D.C. is completely corrupt. Like yeah, this, yeah. Blew me, this thing blew me away. This completely wow. blew me away. So we're talking about a 77-page, yeah, let, let's kind of rewind a bit. So, yeah, yeah, uh, okay. and I agree with David that this was probably, you know, accidentally leaked in, in quotation marks. Um, mm. There's another reason for, for thinking that. So um, Zuberi's in jail 12 years. He was jailed last year. Um, the other guy pleaded guilty, this guy, uh, Olson, Olson. Right. The, the diplomat. Again, he was the ambassador to Pakistan and the UAE under Obama. He's one yeah. of the top diplomats in the whole country. And right. then, you know, he gets, you know, he does this. Uh, and again, he doesn't do it clandestinely. He does it like as if it's as if he's entitled to it. And the same right. for Adam, you know, who, who joined these three guys. So um, somehow out of those three who, who you know, work together, Allen got off scot-free. No one, no one said anything. And then late last month, uh, so late May, um, Olson, who pleaded guilty, his lawyers went to the court where, where you know, his, his guilty plea was, uh, was taken and complained to the judge that <laughs> this guy, Allen, hasn't had any, you know, right. he's not being pursued. So he was like, that, that's very, you know, that's very odd. He, he, you know, so that's kind of how it was flagged up. And then it came out, you know, we're not exactly sure uh, 
uh, how long it was online, but it was sort of, again, accidentally uploaded mm -hmm. and then uh, very quickly removed again, just enough for us to kind of get a copy and then get a yeah, um, right. view of it. Now, the other, um, before we get into what's in it, which again, I think mm -hmm. is extremely juicy on so many levels, we'll still be talking mm -hmm. about this in a long, long time. The Another kind of data point as to why this was probably not exactly accidentally is that the uh, something we all know from the Russiagate saga, the five-year statute of limitations hmm. just hit on, what was it, two days ago ah, on the night, right. right? So it was uploaded just before the five-year statute of limitations kicked hmm. in. Um, so, you know, for our listeners, five years, it, almost every federal crime is, is subject to a five-year limitation period. So if you don't get charged within five years of the crime being committed, you can no longer be charged. That, that's hmm. the short of it. And that's what's prevented uh, going after uh, a lot of these, these Russia gay people. So again, you have this stuff taking place five years ago, two one guy's in jail, one guy pleaded guilty and the other guy, you know, nothing. And then just mm -hmm. before the five years uh, comes in, suddenly this stuff is, is leaked online. Wow. Um, well, let me, let me walk you back for a second. So, cause let's set up and David, I'm going to ask you to do this. Um, but here's what I'm going to say. Hans, you said that he's acting against U.S. interests. And I'll play devil's advocate here and I'll say, and I'm sure David is, is going to bristle, um, but he'll have a chance to respond. My argument would, my devil's argument case is this, and it's, it's not far from the truth, is that Qatar is considered a U.S. ally. Um, you know, we, we, have, we have a very, uh, very important military base there, uh, CENTCOM. Um, and, uh, you know, so how is it working against U.S. interest for these different guys, uh, for Allen and others to be making the case for Qatar in their, um, in their intra-Gulf uh, Cooperation Council uh, conflict? And so let's take it back to 2017 and what happened, because David has been terrific about covering this. What we're talking about is a split in the GCC. We're talking about the Arabian Gulf. Uh, of course, some, some refer to it as the Persian Gulf. Uh, but this is when Saudi Arabia and the UAE decided that they'd had enough from rival Qatar and, and they were playing for Kib. So, David, do you want to talk about this? Sure. I mean, you mentioned uh, Qatar being an ally. Um, and and it's it's funny because the argument that's always made is is like the epitome of a circular argument. It's like, hmm. well, Qatar is an yeah. ally because they have that big air base. Yeah. Why do they have that air base? Because they're yeah. an ally. <laughs> and it just goes around and around. Uh, and, and 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 really, I mean, you know, that air base, that air base appeared when the Qataris. Um, basically said here come put an air base on our land um, yeah after, and we'll, after, we'll pay for it right. right we'll pay for it after 9-11 when um you know when uh when the united states felt you know what after 9-11 and and bin laden and al-qaeda got very angry that the u.s military mm -hmm. was positioned inside uh saudi arabia they said you know what we're gonna go we're, we, we still need a base in the area we're gonna go somewhere where should we go the qataris raised their hand and they said hey we will subsidize your air base right. so um so around 2003 is when um is when uh sort of this uh, this whole dynamic was created and the qataris were able to wield a tremendous amount of influence i mean this is why when i've been saying and i've been writing and 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 by the by, I wrote the first part of a of a of an article on this on Substack mm -hmm. at late late Republic Nonsense. 
Um, the second part, which will probably be interesting to Hans, is uh, which is already written, is. Uh, is oh, yeah, sorry. You you went you you went out for a second. Um, can, can you? Yeah, yeah. The second part, which is which is coming on Monday, is um, is mm. is looking at RussiaGate and Brookings ah. as a as a Qatari. Ah, ah, this is uh, great. This will give us a chance to talk about. Ah, fantastic. This is going to give us a chance to talk about Brookings too. All right, right, please continue. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, exactly. Well done, so, yeah. so, so, what I, what I've been saying is that for, um, you know, for for the guy who's the head of CENTCOM, um, mm. and also the uh, the president of Brookings, to yeah. be caught taking money from the Qataris is like, you know, oh my gosh, we find that Planned Parenthood is performing abortions. I mean, it's like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, of course. Who else is they're gonna? Who else is gonna be doing right. it? Right. Um, so, so that was that was a, a kind of interesting thing. But, but going back to the 2017 diplomatic crisis, as, yeah, as, as yeah, as let, let's said, co- let's cover that. Then we'll definitely I think that we're going to hit on the Brookings Russiagate stuff. That'll be that's very timely. But yeah, please let's lay out the 2017 uh, intra GCC conflict. Sure, sure. So, so the way the way I see it, um, Donald Trump had been elected. In uh, he, he he began his his term of office in 2017, and I think at that point, the Saudis, the Emiratis, the Egyptians, um, they all thought, hey, you know what? We have a, a Republican in the White House. We have a guy who kind of understands things. Um, uh, he he spoke about he mentioned the Muslim Brotherhood and Islamism on the made, uh, made on, his, on, made, right made his first made his first foreign trip as president. To, uh, to Saudi. To Saudi, right. So he, so they thought, hey, you know what? He may be amenable to this. Um, mm. He may, he may support us in this endeavor yeah. because over the last decade, um, the the region had been engulfed in what we we refer to as the Arab Spring, mm. and yeah. I would say that my argument, the argument that I've been making for years, is that it was the Arab Spring was actually a Qatari information op. Yeah. Because it was driven largely uh, by Al Jazeera. Right. Which we, and, we should point out that Al Jazeera is owned by, not by the state of Qatar, but owned by the emir of Qatar. So yeah, so it's a, it's a state, it's a state, uh, it's effectively a state media organization with a heck of a lot of money and with not just regional reach throughout the Middle East, though it's the most influential um, TV satellite station there, but it has global reach too. I just wanted to remind our, our, our listeners. Sure, the, uh, sure. So, our, uh, so for, the prior, for the prior decade, just about, all throughout the Obama administration, Qatar had been fomenting revolutions all through mm. the Middle East through its use yeah. of Al Jazeera, yeah. and uh, and in every country, it's um, it's it's in every country the alternative to the monarchies that were being deposed was the mm. Muslim Brotherhood in every place, right. and the Muslim Brotherhood is the is uh, Qatar is the big patron of the Muslim Brotherhood um, mm. movement ar- around the world, and so this was kind of very. Um, uh, this was very convenient, and this happened in Egypt when basically what people saw on Al Jazeera in in Foggy Bottom and in um, mm. in the White House convinced them, oh, you know what, the people hate the government. We're going yeah. to we're going to support the ouster of Mubarak. 
Uh, right. the, same, the same thing happened in Libya when, when mm -hmm. Al Jazeera was broadcasting that Gaddafi is going to massacre you know, half of Libya. Mm -hmm. We have a responsibility to protect, which was what Samantha Power said, and, yeah. and they, w they went in. And um, you, know, you, you sort of go from place to place. And, and really at the bottom of all of these things is the, is the ability of Al Jazeera to broadcast um, uh, to, to, to broadcast into the entire region and engulf it in flames. And, um, and the Saudis and the Emiratis and the Egyptians were tired of this. And that was their main argument against the Qataris. The other one was that Qatar was too close to Iran. And I mean, I, 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 that's definitely true. But if you look at the, I think, 17 different items that they had that Qatar needs to stop, stop doing, you know, right. I think thir 13 of them were in regards to the Brotherhood or Al Jazeera. Right. So, so, so this was something that they were very concerned about. And frankly, I thought they had a pretty good case. I mean, I think it's absolutely legitimate to, yeah. to, to uh, you know, to criticize Qatar for, uh, for the role in fomenting revolutions. Right. So anyway, cut, cut, to, cut to the Rose Garden, cut to uh, the, <laughs> okay. the, the um, you know, back in, back in Washington, D.C., mm -hmm. where, you know, uh, the United States is still, you know, uh, Washington, D.C. is still Rome. Mm -hmm. um, and the... Um, the nations all around the world are trying to curry favor with the U.S. government. They're trying to get the U.S. government to do things that that they need done. They're trying to influence really everyone. Right. And um, and at this point, as soon as that happened, the game was on. Hmm. And Qatar especially was willing to spend as much money as possible right. in order to to um, in order to uh, to to influence and. Um, and they spent money in many, many different ways. This mm -hmm. is just one of them. Yeah. Um, the, the most sophisticated thing that they did, actually, um, in my opinion, which is something that I, I wish at some point later on down the line we'll be able to, to learn about. But mm. what they did was they funded the lawsuit by victims of 9-11. Mm. Wow, ah, fascinating. This, I didn't know about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, um, so oh, the, wow, right. So, the chumps who are like, hey, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna spend money and we're gonna hire lobbyists who all have to register for FARA, that's the small dollar stuff, right? The big, the big dollar stuff is when Qatar can say, oh, you know what, 9 11 families, we will pay 20 million dollars for you to have the best wow. lawyers in the world, and then that, um, that money or, or like that lawsuit can when they give to uh, money to a lawsuit it include they can pour as much money as they want in it hmm. and it's attorney client privilege it's it, it doesn't need to be um well uh, fascinating let me just point out quickly because i want to get hans's insight into the documents because we're about to we're about to come up to a turning point but i, I want to say that the reason they were paying for those lawsuits because they were going after saudi arabia right so exactly. all that publicity Right. This was part of this was part of a campaign to make Saudi look like Saudi was the real problem, not Qatar. Exactly. So that's fascinating. I, I, so let me just let's let let me just say something quickly about influence in um, influence in Washington regarding Qatar. 
in particular inside the Trump administration, because what struck me here as peculiar, and this is going to lead into Hans going through the documents, is when it said that Allen had approached H.R. McMaster, then Trump's national security advisor, and said, here's, uh, you know, the Qataris are worried. They'd really love you guys to say X, Y, Z. And in the charging documents, they say, then that's indeed what happened. A statement coming out of the State Department, I believe it was uh, the State Department, was X, Y, Z. What struck me as odd about that was that the Trump national, the Trump foreign policy team had two very serious uh, pro-Qatar figures, Secretary of State Rex Tillerson and then Secretary of Defense James Mattis. Mattis had, had been chief of CENTCOM, so he knew the Qataris very well. Tillerson at Exxon had virtually built the state of Qatar through uh, through its natural gas exploitation. And, and Tillerson was expected to make the case on behalf of Qatar. So why Allen is being hung out for this has been unclear. And maybe this is one of the things that, um, that Hans can shed some light on here. Yeah, yeah, no, maybe it's actually a good point to <clears throat> just kind of rewind and, and okay. Uh, quickly recap what happened here. So, uh, I mean, David set out what was going on in Qatar and why they were, um, you know, why the other Gulf states decided that they were going to isolate Qatar. So that was on June 5th, 2017. And they uh, closed their ports to Qatar. They closed the airport to Qatar, their airports. And um, so at that point, Qatar had a problem. And uh, immediately, these guys, Olsen and Zuberi, whom we just talked about. So Zuberi works uh, indirectly for the Qatari government. And Olsen is this retired, no, not retired, but, you know, but I guess he's retired because he was Obama. And he was the, he was the State Department official who was the ambassador. Anyway, those two guys get together and immediately realize, okay, we got to do something here. So what they do together uh, the next day, June 6th, is they bring uh, this guy Allen on board because they, they think they need Allen for their little ploy here to do the lobbying, uh, which then goes to McMaster. So they bring Allen on board and discuss what they need. And uh, on June 7th, well, on June 6th, uh, Zuberi tells Allen, you know, we need a statement from the Americans that uh, is, is sort of pro-Qatar or at least, you know, calls for, um, you know, peaceful resolution, the usual stuff. Um, what's important here is on June 6th, so the day after uh-huh. these, uh, the, the other Gulf states uh, isolated Qatar, uh, Trump sent out a tweet and Trump's tweet was pro-other Gulf states. So again, right. we have a problem here. So Zuberi told Alan, hey, man, you need to fix this. You need to do something here. So before Alan did anything, Alan, and he put this in writing, and that, that takes us back to this point I was making earlier about mm. how, how brazen it all is. He said, um, we need to have a chat about numbers. That, that, those are his words, not mine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and yeah. they discussed yeah. numbers uh, for, the, uh, for the lobbying efforts. So then they agree on yeah. some numbers. Um, <laughs> So me, the, me, meaning fees, right? Fee, yeah. right. Um, yeah. So the uh, the initial fee, like just up front, was twenty thousand for Alan. That was kind of just yeah. okay. Here you go, fine. Uh, and then um, Alan emailed again. Again, this is email. The, the government has all all these emails now. Um, Alan says, um, "Let me just read this to to get it exactly right." Um, what we can do is call and treat my visit to Doha over the weekend as a speaking engagement. And speaking engagement is in quotation marks in the actual uh. email. 
which I've done before. That's amazing. Yeah. Then he goes on and says that um, in terms of longer term uh, arrangements and pay, we'll we'll deal with that over the weekend. So the 20K goes to a so-called speaking engagement. And then again, he says, not only that, and not only in quotation marks, he says, as I've done before, it's it's all so completely brazen. You know, just a little anecdote here. I wrote a piece on this uh, for the Epic Times last week. And before they published it, I got a call from one of the editors. He says, hey, um, I think you got the quotation marks wrong here. The guy didn't believe that Alan had actually said that. I was like, no, no, no. The quotation marks. <laughs> Alan didn't actually write that. I'm like, no, no, Alan yeah. actually wrote that. And so yeah, the yeah. editor was totally blown away as well. So uh, anyway, that, that's the brazenness of it all. But um, so once that was all settled, the payment and the, you know, these arrangements, uh, that's when Alan emailed McMaster and said exactly what uh, Zuberi wanted. Namely, Mac- mm-hmm. he told McMaster, please issue a statement calling on all sides to seek a peaceful resolution. Yeah. And then, lo and behold, that same day, he, co- he emailed him in the morning, that same afternoon, Tillerson put out a statement saying exactly what uh, Alan had requested. Now, we don't know that there's causality between those events, because as you said, Lee, um, Tillerson might have been pro-Qatar on his own. You know, maybe he didn't need McMaster. Maybe he didn't need Alan. But of course, Alan later sold all these things as kind of (laughs) his doing. Oh, right. Right, so because that's, that's, like, right. that's, how, that's how you get paid more, right? It's like, look at what I did, right? That's, that's, how you earn, that's how you earn your keep, by showing that, you're the, that you're, you're, the, you're, you're the guy who's in there moving, you're the mover and shaker. That's right. And then, um, so he went back, Alan went back to these other guys and said, hey, you know, I, I did all that for you. And then he bragged about all the people he basically controlled. So he said that uh, through McMaster, McMaster was going to give him like uh, behind the scenes uh, feedback about what's going on. He said, like, uh, you know, I can't go to the White House, but McMaster tells me what's going on. You know, he, he actually said that. Um, and then he said he also has uh, access uh, to kind of sway people. And he names McMaster, Tillerson. Mattis, as well as John Kelly, who was at Homeland at the time uh, and later became um, chief of staff for Trump. You know, so we don't know if he really had that or whether he was just bragging about that. But we do know he had access to McMaster and McMaster, in fact, responded to Alan a few days later and said, you know, we had the uh, we received a message and uh, put out communications for restraint and so on. I look forward to hearing from your hearing to your advice. So, again, Mm -hmm. At least it looks like McMaster is playing along where like, yeah, McMaster is saying, yeah, I did this because of Alan. Now, I'm not saying that that's proof. It's just Mm. that's the suggestion here. I I, I think everyone is kind of bragging a bit. So Alan is bragging about all these things happening because of him. But maybe Tillerson just did it of his own volition. McMaster, in return, is bragging that he made it happen, whereas he might not have. But for whatever reason, McMaster (laughs) might want to keep Alan warm. And clearly McMaster and Allen are, you know, they're, they're close. That, that's very obvious from these communications, which then makes you ask, what the hell is Trump's national security advisor doing, you know, being super close to a, a, an, an avowed Trump hater, the, the yeah. president of the Brookings Institution? Yeah, what, yeah. How is he doing feeding him information and so on? And then I'll, I'll stop here, but we'll get to that in a moment. Right. I mean, to me, the, the biggest part of this we haven't even gotten to which is what, um, so after all this happened, Alan actually flew out to, to uh, Doha, to Qatar, to talk to the, uh, the emir and people over there. What, what happened there, to me, is like 
blows everything that we just said out of you know even out of proportion is because it's so much bigger, so much worse than than everything I've just said. So, but I'll, I'll let um you know you you jump in and no, then no, I'll no, to that part no. Bigger. What what is it? Don't leave us oh, hanging. What is it? Yeah. <laughs> So he flew out to Doha for his, you know, 20,000 speaking fee, which, you know, and, and to, to discuss the, uh, you know, uh, additional arrangements. And then he advised the emir of, of Qatar to, um, and then now we get back to this air base, right? The, the one mm. that David talked about, yeah. um, to, uh, because the emir was like, you know, okay, we have the statement. So the statement from Tillerson had come out by this point, but we need more. You know, we need to, the U.S. to sort of basically come to the aid of Qatar. What do we do? And then uh, Allen told this, the, the emir to use the Air Force Base as leverage <laughs> against the United States. Amazing. You know, yeah, if you want to um, change the policy, you have to use that as leverage. And then it gets right. even worse. He advised the Qataris to use black ops against the United States. Hmm. I mean, that's in there. I mean, black ops are I- illegal operations oh, run by correct. governments, which, uh, you know, you run to kind of conceal your involvement in them. So. It's just absolutely mind blowing what this guy was telling, you know, the other who right. you know, called the enemy or you call it, want to call him an ally. Who cares? Whatever well, you want. Uh, to call right. It. I mean, he's even if it's not an enemy. People. Right. Right. If you were telling the Brits to do something like that, it's still betraying and still betraying your, your own country. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, David, do, do you want to do you want to step in there? Yeah, I, I mean, um, no. No, no, no. Uh, keep going. Keep going. That's okay. great. Story. No, 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 no. I'm just saying, do, do you have any, uh, do you have any insight into like, well, look, I mean, I mean, why on behalf of Qatar? I mean, well, I, I have to say one of the things that surprised me a little bit was, I, I mean, cause I come at, I, I look at this stuff extremely cynically. I am of the belief that Washington DC now exists for one reason and one reason only. And that's for, well, two reasons. The, the first reason is for foreign governments to process money through different assets in Washington, D.C. and keep them rich and keep them on hold. David, uh, David and I have both worked in uh, different kinds of foreign policy um, organizations, institutes in Washington, D.C. And we saw how many different people are, are, are pushing the, the interest of adversarial states. Everyone from uh, everyone from China, of course, to the Islamic Republic of Iran. So I, that 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 sort of stuff doesn't surprise me. I guess um, what surprised me was I, I would have thought that Allen would have been getting a lot more money for this kind of work. Frankly, um, yeah, I, uh, personal money. Yes, I think um, yeah. I think there's a there's a part of the um, uh, there's a part of the 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 the, the court document that. Um, that uh, talks about his um, his trying to get a much larger contract with some private, you know, quote unquote, hmm. private Qatari uh, companies. Yeah. I think he was he was he was also trying to get uh, an Israeli aerospace company um, hmm. and uh, and 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 things like that. I think it was early days for him, really. Yeah. In, ter- in, ter- in, in terms of all this. Right. That makes sense. It's it is shocking, though, in terms of what Han said. That here's a guy who's saying like, hey, that uh, the Air Force Base, uh, it's Aladeid, right? Hey, Aladeid, that uh, you built for the Americans, tell them you're gonna you're gonna hang that one over the head unless they play ball. That that's shocking, right? I mean, it, it wouldn't make it okay if he was given a million dollars, but for twenty thousand dollars, how quickly people are willing to roll over on their own country? It's 
wa- the Washington set, how quick, well, how quick they are to roll over on their own country. It's frankly astonishing. So, I mean, look, that's exactly what they did. And I know because right. I, was, I was kind of involved in this fight myself uh, at that yeah. time. Um, they yes. were going and they were and they were trying to um, um, they were going and they, they were trying to say, look, look, we can't rock the boat. You know, you, we have the air base. We spent so much money. You know, hmm. we 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 um, we've already spent so much money there. We can't, you know, right. do this. Our, 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 the, the links between, you know, Doha and uh, and the United States are so strong and blah, 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 blah. And then, of course, you know, they'll go. And, and I mean, I don't know the precise details of this, but like, didn't the Qataris also, um, get involved with Jared Kushner? Um, well, I think he was, this, he was selling. This a, is, you know, um, yeah, this is, uh, this is an issue. And I, I don't know if you and I spoke about this before, but I know Hans and I spoke about this earlier in the week when I saw the Qatar stuff coming up. Um, uh, and no, and this is something that we all talk about all the time, that the FBI is basically an insti- a Washington institution that since 2016 at the latest, uh, its, its chief mission is not to protect Americans, but to target Donald Trump. So when I saw this coming out, I was wondering, how are they going to try to tie this one to Trump? And you can see if it's going from, it could go from Qatar to Kushner or from, or from Allen to McMaster, and the way that these guys start to get people, uh, try to get people talking about uh, about Donald Trump and the Trump administration. Do you think? Do you think that's off base? Do you think something else is going on here? Yeah, I mean, I do think that there's something else going on here because yeah. the I, I think in I think in general they don't want to talk about Qatar. Mm, okay. um, when I say when I say they, I mean kind of broadly the media, the Democrats. Um, yeah. You know, uh, they they really don't want to talk about this. It doesn't it doesn't uh, it's it's not a sexy story for them, because mm-hmm. as as you know, you'll see in in, uh, in in my piece, and actually I think Jordan Schechtel has written this. I mean, the um, uh, f- for the four years of the Trump administration, Qatar was sort of like a piggy bank for the for the never Trump um, right. anti anti Trump crowd. And that's even aside from the money that they poured into Brookings, which mm. was the, you know, the, uh, the, the tip of the spear when it came to Russiagate in, in, yeah, in all sorts right. of ways. Um, but, uh, but, you know, everything from members of Congress on junkets to, you know, mm. Rick, right. Rick, Will, Rick Wilson, they had like, yeah, yeah, you know, right. I mean, everybody in the world was going on, a, on an all expense paid trip to Doha at the very least. And, um, you know, and with those uh, with those trips comes all kinds of other bennies. Um, And uh, so so I think the the link between uh, Qatar and the Democrats is uh, is is very strong. And Mm. and they want to they want to avoid talking about that. I mean, of course, you know, if they can take a shot at Kushner, they 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 would. Um, But I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's their their prime motivation. Um, I wrote a couple. I wrote a piece a couple of years ago at the Federalist, basically making the argument that, um, you know, something that that you and I have talked about uh, a, a lot, which is that uh, which is that the left doesn't have any foreign enemies. They have yeah, foreigners yeah, right. who who remind them of domestic enemies, <laughs> yeah, right? And, right and, who, are, who are proxies, right? The foreigners right. are proxies, right? They, they it's not so much they hate Israel, though they do. They just see it as uh, right. They see it as proxy for 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 Republicans, right? And um, and, and 
And what that means is that some countries are Republican and some countries are Democrat. You know, Hungary right. is a Republican country. <laughs> yeah. right. And, you know, and Qatar is a Democrat country. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so so for that reason, they That's they nice they, huh. they, um, they want to keep it out of uh, they want to keep it out of the papers. Interesting. Hans, why do you think it was leaked? Do you have any insight into that? No, we don't. Um, so the technically, this is, as David mentioned earlier, this is uh, an application for a warrant. And mm-hmm. it, the application has a number of things attached to it. The main thing that's of interest to us is it has an FBI affidavit attached where the FBI, uh, a guy from the FBI who's actually, I have to say, you know, is sound looks like a really sound guy. You know, after all this mm-hmm. Russiagate stuff, I think it has to be mentioned that, you know, sometimes yeah. you come across someone who, you know, did their homework. It, it's very, very proper. Yeah. It's really well done. Um, so anyway, that affidavit sets out all the, that whole story that we just told. And there's, there's more parts to it. Uh, but the the actual uh, purpose of the filing was to get an arrest. Uh, sorry, not an arrest warrant. A warrant it was warrant, mm-hmm. warrant application, which was served on Apple because they wanted these guys emails, which were on the iCloud. So it right. just basically says we have these three email addresses for the three guys that, you know, Zuberi, Allen, and, mm-hmm. and uh, um, Olson. And, you know, we want, we want that. That's right. We want their um, stuff. Well, we want anything associated with these three email accounts on iCloud. That's, that's what the, the application said. Mm-hmm. And it looks like the application was granted. This is back in April. So this is a while back. While it was filed now, uh, we don't know. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, your guess is as, as good as mine. Uh, coming back to a couple of points there. So uh, Kushner, <laughs> um, Alan also bragged about Kushner. Again, we don't know if that's true or not, but he bragged right. to the Qataris that uh, he had been in touch with Kushner about this this issue, you know, the, hmm. the issue that the, the lobbying issue uh, about the little crisis that he was trying to solve. So, again, we don't know whether that's true or not, but he says it. Um, the other point that's probably of note, which is, um, again, you know, I, I think there's so many things. Usually you get one of these things and there's like one thing in there that's a bombshell. And this one has at least 10. You know, we've tried to wow. unpack some of them here. Um, the other one I thought was, was a real bombshell was, so after, you know, about a week later or so, the uh, Emir's brother traveled to Washington. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was trying to get a meeting at the White House and he used the Qatari embassy to try and get that meeting. Mm-hmm. But then Alan tells his little group that, you know, but he's trying to arrange it through McMaster. So then, mm-hmm. so Barry gets really annoyed and he texts the other guys and says, this is very bad. How stupid to use the Qatari embassy when we have General Allen and he will handle it. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, this is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> What's the again, point of the embassy? You idiot. Exactly. And it's all in writing. It was actually after that message when he says, we have General Allen who will handle it. That's when Allen responds, next message. And Allen says, let's stop using email. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, he must have realized at that point, okay, yeah. maybe we shouldn't do this. But, um, you know, more on a, on a more, well, this is all serious, but on a really serious note, uh, and coming back to your initial question of, you know, why was this leaked? The worst part of all of this is everything that I've just said is in there and was in there in April of this year and has been known for much longer than that. And yet one guy's in jail for 12 years. The other guy pleaded guilty. And the other guy we wouldn't even know was involved at all. Hadn't it been for this leak? That's Alan. That's the Brookings guy. How the hell does that happen? There's, I mean, all three of them were involved. There's no question about it. There's all the emails. There's the text messages. Everything is there. So, 
how does that even happen? And now we're at the five-year point. So that, that to me is like yeah, right. the, the biggest question of all, especially given, you know, retired four-star Marine general plus uh, Brookings Institution. And then, of course, you know, Lee, you alluded to this earlier. Um, there was a, an, another party that got a pass from the DOJ very recently, which is uh, Blue Star Strategies, which hmm. was the company that lobbied on yeah, behalf right. of Hunter uh, Biden's firm, Burisma, um, mm-hmm. I mean, really bad stuff, uh, you know, yeah. involving the U.S. embassy in Kiev, the Ukrainian uh, embassy there and bringing Ukrainians over to Washington and all kinds of things. And they they got to belatedly register and it's all good now. So right. the, to me, like in a way, as bad as all these things are that we just kind of talked about, to me, the worst one is that Alan is just you know we wouldn't have known about this but for the leak right. whereas the other two guys you know have been you know prosecuted right um are are you surprised i mean i have to say when it it struck me that they went after alan because as you guys said this is a he's a an anti-trump guy but also more significantly i mean he, he's a brookings guy and and as you the president of brookings <laughs> and as both of you uh both of you said, I mean, you know, Brookings was, was to, or as David said, Brookings was tip of the spear on Russiagate. Hans, you've written about that extensively. I, I have to say, this is one thing that, that surprised me somewhat. Why, why was Allen not one of their untouchables since they clearly have political preferences? I completely agree with you. I think the only way this is not surprising is if, as you alluded to, this was leaked by a good guy, someone right. um, in the DOJ who has access to, I, I, from what I understand, this was uploaded onto a, a docket. A docket is basically right. all the files atta- attached to a case. So you have the case of Zuberi and you have the case of um, uh, Olson. And so this was uploaded. And I, you know, yeah, my best guess based on given the surprise of going after this guy is that it was uploaded uploaded by a good guy basically a whistleblower act right. because again remember five-year statute of limitations just passed so right. well it basically when it was uploaded you know there was still a few days left so um someone had to kind of act really fast and do something and now it's probably done you might argue it extended into a bit further because alan was still doing things at the end of june of 2017 so mm-hmm. maybe this is one of the things we can achieve here by, right. by talking about it is to remind, uh, you know, whoever's listening, if, if anyone has any anything to say about it, um, guys, you probably still have another 10 or 14 days or so to charge this guy. After that, your five years are up. That's it. Um, right. So how about how about this? I'm, I'm going to give I'm going to give a, a much darker reading. I'd rather not. I like your reading that it was a uh, a good guy at the bureau um, or DOJ who who did this. But I'm going to give a dark reading, and I'm going to suggest I'm going to suggest uh, uh, it, 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 another possibility is that an inside job at Brookings is that someone at Brookings was in competition with Allen, and they saw this, and having the FBI on side with Brookings. They saw this as an opportunity to take to take down Allen. And we won't know that for about a year until we see how things reshuffle at the Brookings Institution. As I said, I, I know that's very dark, but Hans and David, uh, guys, after what we've been looking at for the last five years, it's hard not to it's hard not to shade uh, in that direction. OK, I'm I'm not going to. Uh, um... 
I don't know. I mean, that, of course, that's, that's, that's definitely possible. But uh, there's another wrinkle here that may that may uh, kind of have a bearing on that. Okay. Which is that in which is that in 2008, um, uh, Brookings and uh, the Qatari state formed a partnership called Brookings Doha, the Brookings Doha Center. Right. And um, essentially, what the Qatari government did was it was the Qatar Foundation, which is owned directly by um, by the royal family. Um, the, the Qatar Foundation decided that it was going to basically license the Brookings name mm. and affix it to um, a think tank that was based out of Qatar. Right. And, you know, if, uh, taking, you know b- b- making a franchise leads you to believe that it's actually Brookings when it was Qatar. Um, what that means is from, ni- from, from uh, 2008... Uh, the Qataris were able to basically put as much money as they wanted into Brookings Doha, and it would not be a it's not a U.S. organization. It's you know that there's there's it's a complete dark money black hole black box. Anyway, inexplicably, in August of 2000 and 2021. We don't know why. We don't know how. We don't really know. There's, there's just a perfunctory statement on the website. Um, Brookings ended its relationship and basically took its name back from, mm. uh, from the Qataris. And you know, even the Twitter account essentially stopped. If you go to mm. Brookings Doha website now, it says, oh, we are now, you know, uh, this was nice. Um, we had our fun. Um, the, 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 the collaboration has ended as of whatever, August, blah, blah, blah. And there's nothing. I mean, these guys used to, these guys used to put out a ton of product. There were many, many, you know, fellows and, and uh, there was a lot of money poured into this. And in 2021, they just completely pulled the plug and we don't know why. And I mean, not only did they pull the plug, like they pulled the plug so comprehensively that nothing, it, it you know, there's a new think tank with with a different name that it became, quote unquote, but that think tank has has produced exactly nothing in the last year. So yeah. not even not even a website, hmm. um, you know, or or uh, um, you know, or any Twitter posts or anything. So there's a question about that. I mean, I don't really know anyone bookings who would know what happened but you put the timeline together and the timeline is uh is is a little bit shady you could say that they no longer needed the um the let's say the the uh the 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 slush fund the dark money slush fund that that brookings doha was during the trump years um you could say that maybe with zuberi um and and he went to jail you know, he was he was one of their uh, one of their uh, their money guys. Maybe if things got too hot. Maybe they. Uh, Hold on, Dave. We we lost you there for a sec, Dave. Hello, David. Can yeah. you hear me? Yeah. Can you hear me? We lost you for that. Fi- yeah, we lost you for that fifteen yeah. seconds. There. No, I mean. Yeah. Okay. You know, so the the question is, is that what does closing the Doha Center so so? You're coming in. You're going in and out, Dave. Did 
What does that have to do with any okay. nothing or sing? Yes. Sorry, Hello? we we missed you. We mi yeah, we missed you for about ten Hello? seconds there. Are, are you here, David? Can you hear me? Okay. Yes, I'm here. Yes, I'm here. Can you hear? Me? Uh, okay. We lost we lost you for about ten seconds there. Yeah. Okay. No, I mean, I was just saying, what does the disappearance of, of uh, the Brookings Doha Center have to do with all? Dave? Dave, we're losing. We lost you again. Um, no, no, no. Hans? I, I went on hold. Okay. I, went, I went on mute. Okay. Oh, you did. Okay. Um, Hans, what, what, Hans, what's your what's your sense of like how important Brookings is to this story? Is it is it is it highly relevant or it's coincidental? What's your sense? I, th I think we don't know. Uh, we just yeah. don't don't know enough about that. In terms of where this story um, how it was leaked, um, the, the AP was the one who who broke the story. And the AP was the one who found this filing and then observed that the filing was removed again. Um, so we're kind of semi-grateful to the AP for once for, you know, uh, finding that information. Yeah. Now, um, was that, you know, do they always monitor all the filings and all the cases? I don't know. Did someone tip them off to it? Who knows? But if you're going to file something in, in federal court, you have to have access to the docket. And that's basically... Mm. The two sides, the prosecution side and the defense side can file something. The court can do that, too. So uh, whoever it was, it would be very easy to know who it was because, you know, you got to log in before you can mm. upload stuff on the on the court docket. So people know who it was. And then, you know, once we know yeah. who it was, we can probably learn more about, about all that. I'm not sure that Brookings in particular is is I mean, of course, it's relevant in, in many ways, but I don't think it's sort of maybe particularly relevant to what these guys were up mm. to. Uh, right. Maybe it was sort of Alan that was more important because he had this alleged, uh, you know, all this access that he bragged about. We know right. that McMaster was definitely a point of access, a real point of access. And McMaster was playing ball with this guy. So we know, we know that. We also know, by the way, I don't think we mentioned this, that McMaster has been cooperating with the FBI, or at least that's right. what the affidavit says. So uh, he's being called in to talk about these things. Yeah, well. I, I find that. Uh, I find that interesting, and actually, that was one of the reasons, um, because it's obvious from the charge, um, from the uh, from the document, that uh, McMaster was cooperating. Because there's something he said in there which was bizarre, when he said, "Yeah, no, I had no idea that uh, that Allen was working was working for or with the Qataris." I'm like, that, that that sounds like James Baker and Michael Sussman right there. This sounds like a <laughs> this sounds like a stitch up job. Um, you know, but I, I, um, let's talk about McMaster for a second, Dave, if you can hear us, but I'm going to ask both you guys. Um, I, there, there's actually, I, I'm in touch right now as we're speaking with a former, uh, with a former administration official it says, look, he, he reminds us that there were concerns right when McMaster came on board that he was, uh, how would we say vulnerable or susceptible to influence influenced by people like by john allen by lobbyists uh what what do you guys have? dave i mean you you were there you saw a lot of this you saw you weren't in the administration but you knew some of these characters what's your sense of this um my sense of it is that someone like john allen would have been the perfect person to influence someone like mcmaster not only had they had a long relationship sort of in theater 
Um, but that's the guy who you send to deal with someone like McMaster and to and to influence him. And and truth be told, I mean McMaster is um, you know uh, McMaster is was not really General Flynn. Um, as, as, as we, as we all know, you know, he was, he was a guy who was basically, he was a conventional wisdom guy. Mm, That's just, that's just, that's just what he was. It's not that he was anti-Trump. I think that's the wrong, um, that's the wrong prism through which to, uh, to to view, to view him. I think he was just an absolutely conventional wisdom guy. And that's you know, and you send a guy like John Allen to talk to him versus right. versus yeah, uh, right. you know a politico, for example, someone who had spent their life inside, um, uh, you know, uh, someone who had spent their life getting elected. You would send a donor, or you would send um, you know someone someone like that. Um, right. But to to influence McMaster, yeah, you send another general. It was actually right. a perfect a perfect play our, from the point our, of view our, of Qatar. Are we surprised? Yeah, right. Are we? And you know, Qatar having having sent Kamal Al Day there, they would have some experience of what senior uh, senior U.S. military officials are like. Um, Qatar would know. Are we surprised, Hans? Are you surprised, David? Are you surprised that this is what retired four stars do to uh, you know to feather uh, to feather their retirement nest? Uh, I'm not surprised, but because I, I, I should I, let me just elaborate because I should say, let's say I, I, again, it goes to the points that you were making before what these guys were saying about the United States. So here's how you pressure the Americans. Here's how you pressure Trump. Here's what you do to them. I mean, I, I, a lot. I, I, I think it's I think it is kind of astonishing. No, no, it is. Um, but, you know, I'm probably as cynical as you. I'm. Yeah. <laughs> now I am. I'm, I might not have been quite as cynical. You were there first, put it this way. But mm-hmm. um, I'm super, super, super cynical. So I guess I'm not surprised that that these these you know you had these grifters uh, doing what they did. But what I am surprised by is the fact that it was so completely brazen, as if it's just a normal, most normal thing in the world. Right. It, it's an entitlement thing. It's just completely normal to do these kinds of things. Um, uh, you know, and and that's and this is Brookings, and this is Four Star General, and the other guys, uh, State Department, and Ambassador, right. and so on. That's the part that, to me, that makes that such a huge story. That you have right. these people, just DC insiders through and through, and yeah, sure, they throw the United States under the bus, whatever, and it's completely normal. It's the fact that they've normalized it, and they're so brazen right. about it that 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 I find surprising. Wow. Uh, David, are you surprised? No, I'm not. I mean, no, I'm not surprised at all. This is this is how this is how this um, this kind of late stage empire, late mm. republic um, works. This is how it's worked for quite some time, um, yeah. and it's not surprising at all. I mean, one of um, uh, look, I mean. Uh, what was her name? Oh my gosh, I, I just I, I'm just blanking now on her name. But she was the she was the uh, Obama's um, ambassador to Egypt during um, mm. during the Arab mm. Spring. I'm forgetting her name. Anyway, so mm. today I, know, I to, know who you're talking about. I can't envision. Right, right. That. There there was actually there was actually talk about Trump hiring her 
Yeah, yeah sure. I remember that. Mattis that was fishing for her. Right. Mattis yes, was fishing yes. for her, I believe. Right. And and um, and obviously that was completely insane. And and I have to say, I mean, proudly, I pay, played a, a major role in, in, in getting that, um, you know, in, in, uh, in sort of stomping that out. Um, Thanks. But, Good job. Uh, but where is she now? Well, she, so she mm. left. She, she, she uh, you know, after Obama left office, she went mm. off and she is now the president of the Qatar U.S. Business <laughs> Society, which right. is like, oh, OK, you know, you bring, you know, you help bring the Muslim Brotherhood to power in Egypt. And then, of course, you go and and you cash in at the Muslim as at the um, at the U.S. Qatar right. you know, business um a round table or whatever, which is I, I, like ridiculous. I, I, I just want to add, we're going to cut, we're going to uh, bring it to a halt in, in a couple minutes. I just wanted to remind listeners in the event that people may have forgotten this, this operation promoting Jamal Khashoggi as the great um, American journalist slash martyr taken down all too young by, uh, by MBS. This this was this was a joint information operation between former CIA officials furious that they had lost their um, that their gravy train in Riyadh had been derailed, but also the Qataris. We saw what happened. The the the, the Qataris were a part of this. The and of Qataris course, the had, Turks. Had, right. Well, the, the the Turks were opportunistic, not surprising. Yes. But the the, the Qataris were the ones who were. I mean, the Qataris had Khashoggi. They were helping rewrite sure. Khashoggi's stuff to go after to go after Saudi. And what was the reason for this? So it comes back to what I said when Hans was saying, you know, against the interest of the United States. Indeed, it was against the interest of the policy of the United States at the time, because Donald Trump believed that MBS rightly, that Saudi Arabia rightly is an important American ally. Why? To keep oil prices down and Saudi money investment in America means American jobs. The idea that Qatar was part of an information operation to ruin the U.S.-Saudi relationship is an extremely bad thing. So yeah, so it's it's not that we're giving it's not that we're giving Qatar uh, a break here at all. And the idea that there are people like retired four-star general John Allen who are working with a state uh, that, for whatever reasons, the United States has exercised different interests there, including. Uh, including a, 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 a major air base. But right, this does not mean that, that, this, is, that this is an American, uh, that this is a, a terrific American ally. Yes, and for the, um, for the I guess, uh, one of the, the definitive pieces on Khashoggi and his involvement with, uh, with uh, Qatari um, intelligence, um, there's a piece that I wrote um, on him called... Um, uh, I think ask, uh, Khashoggi, Jamal Khashoggi um, asset in life, asset in death, or mm. something like that. Right. Um, yeah, that was Qatar. Qatar was driving that before his death and then after his death, along with the Washington Post and the animals there. It's just very interesting to see these to see these these information operation platforms and the same characters come back again and again and rotate through. Right. So we have Qatar. We have the Washington Post. We have the Brookings Institution. I think that most people are nonetheless still surprised 
that a retired four-star Marine general was, uh, was part of it, um, was part of this particular operation. Any closing remarks, Hans, David, Hans, can I, can I get you to, uh, to help uh, summarize what we've been talking about here? Sure. Yeah, no, I'm, uh, I guess this is, my closing remarks would be that this is a story that we're going to, I think, hear more about. Uh, to, just to kind of come back to where we started off from where yeah. it hasn't been much on it, but there's so much there that, we, you know, we're going to have, there's going to have to be more on this because each issue that we discussed is kind of, you could write a book about each, right. each one of these issues. Um, maybe, you know, uh, as a, as a final sort of little uh, comment, the, uh, on the morning when I got the, uh, the, the affidavit or the, the uh, mm-hmm. warrant application, which had the mm-hmm. affidavit attached, I immediately went over to John Allen's website at Brookings mm. and, you know, looked fine. And it described all his, you know, wonderful achievements and whatever. So I took a screenshot <laughs> and a few hours later, uh, mm. it said on leave, John Allen is on leave or something like that. Yeah, and it just yeah. made me think, right. They all knew this was so brazen. As I, as oh. I mentioned earlier, I, sorry, I keep coming back to this point, but it is, it's yeah, yeah. so extremely brazen what these people did. They, they all knew, of course. I mean, we all know about Brookings and Qatar and we all know. So they, they weren't upset with Alan for what he did. Right. They knew what he did. They were yeah. upset with Alan because he got caught. He got caught. Exactly. Now. Exactly. Because that's the way the entire racket runs, right? That's why McMaster takes the meeting with him or McMaster's paying attention, not just because they're old, uh, they're old military chums. We're like, Hey, McMaster knows what Alan needs. He needs to go back to his money people and say, of course, I talked to McMaster in my conversation. You wait and see. It's very influential. Why? Because someone like McMaster knows what the score is once he gets out of the administration or once he's out of the military. It, it is just rotten and disgusting. Dave, your closing remark. No, I'm going to echo what you just said. I mean, the idea that, that if you damn know, it, McMaster- say, damn it, man. Don't just Damn it. Me. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, the, the idea that McMaster, of all people, is sitting there and in walks John Allen, who was the CENTCOM commander, um, you know, in Doha. And um, and, and then and uh, and then also, you know, he, where he ran Afghanistan in a disastrous right. way. And then he also ran ISIS the war against are. ISIS in a completely right. disastrous way. And I and and then he's at Brookings. And the the idea that that McMaster would look at him and say, oh, okay, you know, this guy's not working for the Qataris, um, yeah. or at the, or at the very least has, um, you know, has Qataris Qatar's interests right. in right. mind is completely fanciful and absurd. It, it's absurd. Why else is he? Why else is he there? Hey, I'm really interested in this, and you should put out this message on behalf of the Qataris. But why would I be working for them? No, it's, it's an entirely noble pursuit here. Right. Well, this is what we've seen. This is what we saw with the Michael with the Michael Sussman case, and that's what we see. Uh, if there is a case, and Hans, uh, I, I will echo Hans's sentiments. If if um, if any of our uh, friends, allies, and law enforcement would be listening, there may still be time to go after someone who appears to have, uh, or to investigate a little more closely, someone who appears to have broken the law. Yet another. Another in a series of, uh, of American officials, people uh, either elected or chosen by our elected officials to help protect and serve the United States. Uh, and it appears that um, 
less important than their oaths, less important than their love of country and their personal responsibility and integrity is is earning is earning money um we all need to earn money but it depends how uh, it should depend on, on on how you come by it in any case thank you all for listening this afternoon and um we're all we're all fighting we're all in it dave is in it hans is in it all of you who are listening are in it and i i just want to you're in the fight so thanks very much for listening and um I will be speaking with you again next Saturday afternoon at 4 p.m. I'm Lee Smith. Have a great, wonderful rest of your weekend, and I'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks so much again.